Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now welcome to super movie brothers let's start the show Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Good night, future boy! And that's when he came up with the idea for the flux capacitor, which is what makes time travel possible. Whoa, wait, wait a minute. Doc, are you trying to tell me that my mother has got the hots for me? Precisely. Whoa, this is heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? What? That's Calvin Klein. Oh my God, he's a dream. Hey, you. Get your damn hands off her. You really think I ought to swear? Yes, definitely. God damn it, George, swear. So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? But I need a nuclear reaction to, to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity. 1.21 gigawatts! 1.21 gigawatts! I can't guess you guys aren't ready for that yet. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. Cult Movie Mark. No. And Cult Movie Mark is here. So that means we're doing our movie cocktail. This time around, our category was... Movie Mad Scientists, and up for the polls uh, was Back to the Future, which was voted in by myself, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which was voted in by Jay, and Reanimator, which was voted in by Mark. Mm. So we put that poll up. Everyone on Twitter went around and answered it. Some people commented. Uh, there weren't too many comments, but I mean, was there really any fucking doubt about the winner of this category, you of guys? Of course not. No, because 61% of the votes, the winner is Back to the Future. Back there should have been more time. votes. <laughs> gotta get back in time. This is huge. You gotta go this back This is a huge episode. So when we first started Movie Cocktail, uh, this was one of those movies that I wanted to do a cocktail for. I knew I had to do a, a Back to the Future movie cocktail. And I'm going to say this is the cocktail that I spent the most amount of money on trying to get the right ingredients. This is the cocktail that I spent the most amount of time making. I spent, I've probably literally, and I kid you not, have spent at least 24 hours 
trying to make this cocktail. I don't mean like I tried like once one day and picked it up again. No, like total oh, total over the past week, probably a total of 24 hours experimenting, trying to get it right. And then what I found out in the end was keep it simple, fucking stupid. That's and <laughs> and and that really kind of seems to be the entire theme of Back to the Future. Keep it simple. Everything in this movie is simple. And when they needed to go real big, they kept it simple. And they implied its ambiguity. It's 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 not only that, Dave. But when I came in and saw all those bottles and everything you had, you on were the worried. Counter, well, I was like, you know, I think you're the mad scientist now. I think, I, I think <laughs> you've I become am. the mad scientist, Dave. I mean, it's not terribly simple, Dave, but it is very creative, right? There's something that's going to be together. done about your drinks, guys. <laughs> what? What? And then, what's, what's, what's the matter? Then Does then our drinks make us assholes <laughs> or something? And then at the very end, it all comes together, just like the movie, right? At it the wrote very us. last it minute, the tension-filled, yeah, climactic I, moment. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about Back to the Future, which was... Uh, it one. Was <laughs> Back to the Future 1, that's right. By the way. I, yeah. I, I guess I have to like really, really kind of drive that home because we may still talk about two or three a at little some bit point. we're gonna try not to stray off we're not gonna try to talk course. about them there's much plenty to talk about in just the first they movie. may come up in movie cocktail at some point in the you future you never know of course so, absolutely so there's i don't plenty of categories to i don't want to spoil too much of what we got going on with them other than they exist uh and we'll talk about them in 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 their relation to this movie and and that alone Wait, back but, to the future had sequels back to the future had sequels what? it's a trilogy oh wow it's a trilogy Believe it or not, they're trying to uh, they're trying to make it a quad, no, I'm, a quadrilogy. I'm glad we're talking about this one. This is my favorite. This is one honestly. of the. This is just it. It is one of my favorite of all time, probably. I I oh, gotta it, say it should be as it should be. It's it's not just like one of your. I mean, it's one of your favorite of all time. This is in my top five mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, of all time. No, it's up there. Yeah, this is just one of those movies that I think is absolutely perfect. It is the mm-hmm. movie that. You can put on, you can shut your brain off, yeah. or if you really want to really dive get into it, <laughs> or you can really get into Which it. Which I have, yeah. That there are you some. Can. Yeah. I mean, and just like Star Wars, just like Star Trek, there are conventions out there for this movie. Uh, there are people who are involved in it who, who have made entire careers mm-hmm. just out of being involved with this movie and go to those conventions. And, and the never ending fear <laughs> of a remake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the never ending fear of a remake. No, because they all get paychecks, they all got cards so if they do if they do a remake then they get to do a cameo in it and get a paycheck for a day mm. it's one more autograph they may get to sign <sighs> and people will be happy for it yeah. so let's go around the horn as we do with all movie cocktails and let's talk about everyone's kind of like first experience with it versus what they think of it having rewatched it now for this cocktail we're gonna start with you jay now this is a tough one i understand to go back to and be like oh i remember the first time i saw let let me put it this way i had like i would say like a top three favorite childhood movies i guess you can say in that very early late 80s early 90s cusp of when i remember things was it any star wars gremlins ghostbusters and back to the future because that was me well, throw I was, a dash of Indiana all, Jones in there. Well, I got fucking th- golden. <laughs> I was born in '84, right? So, but for me, the ones that I always remember was Dick Tracy, Back to the Future, Ooh, and '89 Batman. Go suck an egg. Go suck an egg. <laughs> Those three movies were by far. It's a little bit of an inside joke. That's 100 percent a huge inside. I'm <laughs> oh, so sorry. Yeah, that's an inside Go joke. Suck an egg. Go suck an egg. <laughs> <laughs> We've played that song on Movie Cocktail yeah. before. That's me and Mark's oh, song. I'll have to lot. play it again. <laughs> Way back so, when. Early uh, first iteration of Movie Cocktail. Yeah, sure. I still have it. I still have it. I'll play it. I'll you play should. it for I'll play oh, it for everybody it, yeah. now. Now I gotta do it. Shook an egg. 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 Shook
suck an egg. Go suck an egg. What's his problem? <laughs> Stay on target. Stay on target. Back to the Future was always, to me, the most landmarked, perfect movie overall. It hits all the notes in every different type of way, more than any other film that I saw before. And it just, it was, it was in a league of its own. Honestly, mm. 100% always was. Still is. It yeah. still is, for still, sure. Yeah. For me, it's one of those kind of movies where, like, if I, it's almost like I, it's beneath it to put it in my top five almost because it's like it's that perfect. Right? <laughs> it's staying alone it's, where, like, what it is. It's hard for me to watch something like Back to the Future and then go watch. And I mean, everyone knows I'm a fan of MCU movies and stuff like that, but it's hard for me to watch this and then go watch something like MCU, something that's like considered like really, really good by today's standards and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and go like, there's so much wasted time mm-hmm. in, in MCU movies. There's so much wasted yeah. character moments, so much wasted scripts, so much. Wa- and then you watch this and everything is perfect mm-hmm. there's not a wasted moment of dialogue there's mm-hmm. not a wasted character moment there's not it's a wasted airtight. minute everything is tight everything that happens in the first act of the movie is setting up for something that's going to happen in the mm-hmm. second and third act everything comes full circle in this movie mm-hmm. there's very few things that aren't meant to do something with the exception of a little chuck berry and yeah. no one will ever deny anybody no one's going to complain about yeah their <laughs> moment of chuck barry and yeah. the main the main thanks for that is robert zemeckis right 100 percent. but that's also even the even that scene i and i've even heard bob gale and, and and robert zemeckis say that like that's the only scene in the film where like they, they they felt like they they could just go nuts and kind of waste a little bit of screen time mm-hmm. and stuff even that is just speaking to marty's musical ability because if you remember in the first act he's talking about how marty he he, he maybe i'm not just, just just not cut out for this he's had he's he's having yeah. a loser moment and he just wants to Kinda play full circle right that, he yeah. wants to play prom he wants to play right. at the dance in front of yeah. everybody well sure. he gets he gets to do it he gets to do it for yeah. his but for his mom and dad so uh-huh. even that technically is still a character moment and yeah. not a wasted moment yeah. even he though to create rock and roll right. in the, in the even though bob and, and robert zemeckis thought that sure. that was that was a wasted moment it's not no not <laughs> at all and it's a great is. moment for the the audience to actually yeah. just release just a little back, bit yeah for a little because he they it. just he just survived yeah you know it's a celebratory yeah. moment and it's a fun fucking song mm-hmm. it's a great song yeah so for jay it's a perfect movie mark for you Perfect movie. I mean, Perfect movie. <laughs> what else can I say? I mean, uh, I was like, how is this not just going to be three guys gushing about a movie for? But it is. An hour? But I mean, how else can you? Yeah, I mean, you know, we alluded to it before that this is a rare thing. We got to take advantage of. <laughs> <laughs> this probably won't happen again. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, it's just often. it's one of those movies that it, it, I feel like it is. If you're going for a movie, movie like you want to sit back, relax. You know, just be entertained. It's it is the perfect movie for that. But also, like Dave alluded to, it's you know, there's a lot going on. You know, not only thematically, but also just with the script and the the story. You know, what is actually happening in the movie? It's it's pretty. You know, it gets pretty deep, pretty complicated. And you know, I I would have nights where I would just lay in bed and like think about the plot of this movie and like all the you know conundrums and all the paradoxes or paradigm whatever it is that come up from it and just thinking about it. And it's just a movie, but you know. Like even just taking the first Back to the Future, even excluding the sequels, 
I mean, there's a lot there to dig into, and I think that that's part of why it's it's so lasting. I think. Yeah, I think so too, and I think like the, you know, we're all talking about that it's a perfect it's a perfect movie and stuff like that, and a hundred percent, it kind of is. And, I, and when I say a perfect movie, I don't think like it's it's really a perfect movie. It's not. There's moments that that stand out that where the where the effect wasn't good enough, or that was, well, if unavoidable you get technical, for the time. But like, right, no. right, 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 right. Technically, time, it was- it's not a perfect movie, but <clears throat> this is taught. Like if you if you've taken a screen a screenwriting class, which I did yeah. at Temple, same. This yeah. is taught. Like this is taught. Yeah. Like if you if you want to tell mm. if you want to write a story where every moment is isn't wasted, this is it. Mm. Like this is that movie. Yeah. But also for me, like growing up, the first time I I saw this movie, it was a cool car with some cool visuals it went back in time it was a nice thing to like think about like going back in time meeting your parents and it's and funny stuff like too that. it's a comedy you know right and, it, and it's funny when there's a lot of action in it and there's yeah. a lot of there, there's suspense. a lot of suspense yeah. there's scary stuff right yeah and, and that's all this movie was to me dirty it was, humor a lot of dirty humor it's got it all <laughs> it is one of those movies that kind of like shaped who i became as a film fan right like it's one of those movies it, it it sits up there with with star wars ghostbusters and indiana jones movies for me like it mm. i mean it fits jaws. right you in, say jaws. jaws okay jaws like it, that's it's, a perfect movie it's one of those movies that just that just defined me as mm-hmm. a a film fan for sure and it's one of those movies that like to this day when i watch it you know i told you guys you guys were like shocked but i don't think that other people haven't done this i watched it three times this weekend and then i just don't know we did time, we did an abridged version yeah. this you know when you yeah. guys were sitting watched here some of the greatest hits yeah we watched some of the greatest hits and stuff um, so like i've watched it three and a half times mm-hmm. in in the past 72 hours and it's like it's a movie that doesn't get tired yeah it doesn't it, get old mm-hmm. it still holds up and the thing is you know you mentioned we because we talk about our first encounter with the movie usually but for this movie none of us really mentioned because I feel like it's just we always, don't know when it's our just first always been was. there. You know, this yeah. movie's just always been around. Like, as for you know, for people that like movies, like we do, obviously, <laughs> um, you know, just movies like this have just always been there. Like Thanos, it is inevitable. <laughs> exactly, it will always, it always, and that's be why there. it feels like the perfect movie too. Yeah. Well. yeah, and and when you hear things like. You know, Universal's looking to kind of like do a Maybe, reboot yeah, that has it where it won't be a direct sequel, but it will take place in the same universe. There's no Crispin and, Glover, I'm out. Right. <laughs> but like t- for me, like I hear that and I go, no, yeah. like don't do that. You but then take what's special. But then I got to remember that like it, it does. It, it bears no weight on this movie well, whatsoever this still exists. So, right. This yeah. movie still exists and it's still just as perfect as it's mm-hmm. always been. No matter what happens. Mm-hmm. It'll always be there, and it'll always be in this format, and always be in yeah. this form. Speaking of format, uh, <laughs> you guys just saw it, I guess, for your first time in uh, ultra high def. Yeah, was there um, was you guys noticed some things yeah, about about yeah. about makeup? Maybe it was a that little was... too clear, a little too ultra HD yeah. or whatever. <laughs> um, I don't think when they did Doc Brown's makeup to make him look older in the 1985 scenes, I don't think they were expecting, uh, you know, 4K to exist yeah, exactly. at that time. Uh, right, you can't hold it against them. You can't hold it against and it's them. It's not. It's not terrible. It's just you can notice it. But they Especially do when you've seen the movie so many times. They do rectify it in the second movie, which I actually didn't realize until I watched the second movie this week. Uh, well, I mean, I've seen the second movie before. Well, yeah. I rewatched it. There's a moment once they get to to uh, to 2015 that Doc Brown peels the makeup off of his face, and he goes, "You have to excuse me, Marty." He's like, "I had a procedure done. I, they replaced my spleen, my kidneys, my liver, and they've transfused my blood." He's like, "They 
added 30 years to my life and he's peeling it off he goes so he used the disguise wow. so that he wouldn't alarm marty because he's afraid that he wouldn't recognize him but when he peels the makeup off he wow. looks exactly like that i friend. forgot about that <laughs> but yeah wow. it's something that they added in i was like it's oh i didn't things, even realize yeah. that but that was just to save money on the budget so they don't have to sit there and, and right. put him in makeup the whole right. time so okay uh so we we've talked about the movie we talked about like why it's perfect i think everyone is listening has seen back to the future yeah. and they have similar feelings on it more than likely uh but of course this cocktail i gotta get to this yeah. cocktail this cocktail that took your me, labor of love yeah my labor of love and i think what wound up you know being a extremely complicated drink that i was trying to make i wound up making something that's extremely similar to maybe some other drinks but also stands on its own in its own way so i mean i'll just go through it this is called the out of time obviously out of time the out of time because that's the license plate that's yeah. on the delorean and also, it's the only Back to the Future drink name that I didn't see that was taken out there. <laughs> uh, I originally was going to do like a 1.21 gigawatts, uh, which it's actually gigawatts, but they mispronounced mm. it in the film. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I was going to do a 1.21 gigawatts, and I found out that that was already a cocktail. Uh, you know, the Doc Brown, that was already one. Uh, there there was uh, several different ones that were already named, but I couldn't find one that was named the Out of Time. So that's what I went with out of time license plate that's on the mm-hmm. back of the DeLorean that comes spinning off in the uh, first time travel scene and its ingredients go like this it is one ounce of lemon vodka one ounce of raspberry vodka one half cup of pineapple juice and one half cup of orange juice put that into a shaker shake it up pour it into a glass with ice and this is optional i actually bought neon blue ice cubes to put in there but it so does make the drink it does opinion. yeah so it, it can either be you can either leave it at, and with these with these ice cubes you can leave it as solid uh blinking fast or blinking slow i mm-hmm. preferred for the pictures we did solid but i prefer it actually blinking quite slow because it kind of looks like like the tubing that goes looks alongside the 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 DeLorean as mm. it travels through time. Sure. That's what I wanted to yeah. go for with it. For sure. um, so you're going to pour that over ice with your neon cube if you're using it. And then you will drop a teaspoon of grenadine just right into it. And and when I mean plop it, I mean plop it. Like you're going to pour it into a teaspoon measure and you're just literally going to plop it right in. Yeah, add no some, drizzling. Yeah, don't drizzle. Just add some force to it. Plop it. So it sinks straight to the bottom of your drink and kind of hangs out there. And then you are going to, when you pour it over your ice, uh, this is something I forgot to mention, you want to make sure you leave about an inch or half an inch at the top because you're going to top this off with ginger beer. And then you're going to garnish it with a lime wheel but it's not just any lime wheel you're gonna have to cut the lime wheel into triangles because i want it to look like the nuclear symbol and oh yeah. and it comes out looking perfect yeah and it's really well done and then it's very well so done. then you got the blue glowing behind it so it's kind of like a flux capacitor with yeah. the nuclear symbol on it and you really outdid yourself Dave. yeah this is and a really good one. if you d- and the cool thing is if you don't have a blue neon ice cube which i'm sure everybody has one <laughs> of those on yeah ridiculous um if you look at the drink it's orange on top and it blends into like a dark orange like blood orange red at the bottom think think just think like the logo. sunrise right. something in that exactly. on those lines but yeah. that's exactly what the logo of the film yeah. does so that's what i was thinking when i did it uh so you guys tried the cocktail what do you guys all think what do you what do you think i think it's on this a one? great balance of just 
juiciness and flavors with the pineapple, a little bit of the grenadine, but everything is blended well. It's not yeah. too yeah. Uh, not too strong, not too weak, not too flavorful in one way or another. It also, just blends together really, really well. This is a California and movie, beautiful. and yeah. these are all citrus fruits, California flavors. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think it, I think it fits. I I like it a lot. I think the pictures, I think the pictures we took honestly don't do it justice. Uh, it yeah. looks better in person for sure than it does like yeah. With the so pictures make it yourself yeah. and enjoy it because it looks really really cool. And live. watch Back to the Future and watch Back to the Future. Obviously, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I mean, like that's. I, I mean, I might pick one of these up every time that I might I might make one every time I watch Back to the Future now. Just to remember, you're gonna go through that hell. Just again, to remember dude. my 72 hours of agony where I was like, it's just not good enough. Because how do you make a perfect cocktail for a perfect movie, mm. right? Like if I, I made a it, man. I if I made a subpar, you came close. Co- yeah, yeah. If if exactly. <laughs> if I made a subpar cocktail, that's that's what I would have thought for the mm. for the entire rest of the time that I was that I was. This might be. I'm gonna say it now. My favorite cocktail that we've made on the show. All right, to wow. go to go along with high the, praise because on, to go along with probably the best movie that we've ever done maybe, on the show. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, first sip, I was kind of taken aback and was like, wasn't sure how to feel about it. But the more you drink it, it's just very drinkable. It's just very yeah, it's very drinkable. Very well, while Mark takes his Hawaiian punch uh, right to the face, his second glass, by the way, <laughs> his second glass. Yeah. He really yes, likes it. it. <laughs> so let's let's head over. Let's get into the film itself. Let's talk about some of our favorite scenes. Let's let's talk about how everything that we're talking about ties together with this perfect script. Yeah. Horrible nightmare. Dream that I went back in time. It was terrible. Well, safe and sound now, back in good old 1955. 1955? You're my You're my My name is Lorraine. Lorraine Bates? Yeah. But you're, uh, you're so, uh, you're so thin. my pants over there on my hope chest i've never seen purple underwear before calvin calvin why why do you keep calling me calvin that is your name isn't it calvin klein it's written all over your underwear so the first thing we are introduced to in back to the future other than the name steven spielberg is the sound of ticking clocks Mm. just you know just ticking away Dozens of them, and Marty comes in, and he, I, I, you know, I, I love the amp scene, but mm-hmm. it, that just made me wonder. I was like, why, like, like, why is this here? But we do get a little, little bit payoff of that when uh, Doc Brown calls him. He's like, yeah, I, I think it's on the Fritz. Don't play with the amp, Marty. He's like, yeah, I caught that, Doc. <laughs> but uh this is something we would normally save for the third part of of this you know where we do behind the scenes stuff but this was actually one of the hardest scenes for them to film getting all these clocks in 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 synchronization as well as getting the uh rude goldberg device to work in perfect unison with all the clocks and everything it took them dozens upon dozens of takes just to get the setup to this movie not that surprised right yeah 
but you're not set up with any score at this time, right? Like we haven't gotten the Alan Spester bum 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 that hadn't hit yet. The Iconic. first thing we hear is Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> we hear the power of love as he's coming out of 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 Doc Brown's uh, you know, house and you know, mm-hmm. Doc Brown tells him Hitching a ride on the back of a Hitching a ride, right. And they had to like actually like uh, uh one of the funny things is that Michael J. Fox had to do a PSA in Australia to tell <laughs> kids about the dangers of doing this. Don't do this. <laughs> Don't do this. Don't do this. But it's all over the movie and it's like just I did it as a kid. Right. With my rollerblades on really rollerblades. Yeah. <laughs> but you did it to like someone you know. You didn't just show say, up. Like, sure. Not sure. like a stranger. And I, I and nah. I believe the guy driving the the Jeep uh is Bob Gale himself. No, so so, but I, I do I do love that I, I do love like that like that that's your first introduction to this character right he, is that what a cool dude he's Bart Simpson before yeah. before Bart Simpson <laughs> existed like he is yeah. he's this dude who is you know he, he's friends with like a smart scientist which we don't really know all of that yet yeah. but he is he plays guitar right he plays you know. guitar he's but but he's riding on the back of this car mm. he's late to school and the then songs we see uplifting and fun right and then we see yeah. his girl number one song in America right after this movie was released Huey Lewis in the news made this song just for the movie at the request of Mm. the studio this and uh, the power of love and back in time uh, both songs recorded were made directly for this movie at Hmm. at the request of Universal but um, you know he gets to school he's got a smoking hot girlfriend and he's getting hassled by the man Yep. And like that's her introduction to him. He's getting hassled by yeah. the man, and it's like we get introduced to Marty's life. And I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like when Marty gets home after being called a slacker by Strickland and stuff like that, and we and we meet his parents and everything like that, did you guys feel bad for him, or like you know, as growing up, did you guys feel that way about your parents? Right? Was your dad just a hapless moron yeah. laughing at the, uh, honeymooners uh, reruns while eating <laughs> dinner, and your mom is just? Yeah sadly drinking her wine and smoking her cigarettes and <laughs> like i mean was that your that's not reminiscent of any of our upbringings but no. i think you you certainly think you can identify with it right but it it's it's identifying these characters right mm-hmm. like it's it's interesting it's the way like they wanted to set up the movie that like your parents were once kids yeah. but it's entirely difficult for us to imagine mm-hmm. our sure. parents can't even comprehend at it. that age yeah hearing old stories or yeah. something like that from sibling or like or just a little random gossip as you get older you're yeah. like really but they also were like as, that yeah they also were as they, you get older they, they used to drink a lot or someone used to smoke a cigarette well like, I, <laughs> I i seem to remember a story about my dad um and my dad might hate me for telling this story but he's retired now so it's not like he can get fired from a job or anything for it but uh apparently like my dad was uh, was attempting to put a tire on a rim according to my uncle the tire was one inch too small for that rim my dad got pissed off chased my uncle with a firearm <laughs> I thought you were going to say tire iron. No, nope, firearm. Firearm. Now, according to my dad. Chasing or chasing and shooting at the same time. <laughs> so that's where the story differs. According to my uncle, my dad popped off a few shots. According to my dad, he never once fired the weapon. So. But he had a weapon. But he- <laughs> In his hand. But I believe we can all take away that he had a weapon. <laughs> so that right there. <laughs> that right there. And that made me wonder, is my dad Biff? <laughs> is he the Biff in this? Is he the Biff? Did my dad eat manure? No, no, no. But I mean, now, whether yeah. that story's true or not i don't know but i would need a time machine mm. to go back in time because yeah, all you go off to find is, that out is the stories but then that'd if, be fun to watch that'd and that's what i think for me this movie and you know what is most interesting about it is the fact that when he goes back and he sees his dad just seeing his parents from a different angle like 
you know, both literally and figuratively, just like, you know, seeing them in a different light is just right. so, such an interesting concept. And, and, and in yeah. fact, the first time he meets his dad, they started off by both of them being so similar. Mm. Marty is is hanging his head in his in his left yeah. hand mm-hmm. with his hand through his hair. And he's sitting right next to George McFly, who's doing the exact same yeah. thing. Yeah. And he's realizing that he's yeah, sitting right next like to that. his father. I mean, yeah. I think, it, yeah, and again, that's one of the more heavier things that you can walk away from this movie with. Why do you keep using that word? Why do you keep saying heavy? Is there something wrong with Earth's gravitational pull in 1995? <laughs> this is heavy, Doc. <laughs> this is heavy shit, man. Doc doesn't say heavy until the third movie. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, but I, th- I think that's true. But I mean, like that was the entire premise of this movie. Yeah, it's a great right? premise. Like they were looking through, like, like uh, I believe, I, I want to say it was Bob Gale uh, that was looking through his father's yearbook and realizing that his father was the class president, looking at everything his father did in high school and talking to his father, realizing that, like, me and you had nothing in common in high school. Mm-hmm. Like, the way Bob Gale was growing up in high school was not the way his father was. They would not have hung out. <laughs> they would not have hung out. Yeah. But he thought, like, what would it be like to go back in time? Yeah. Like, was my dad really this person that I'm looking at on mm-hmm. paper? Or was he more like me? And that's the entire premise of Back to the Future. Yeah. All the stuff that happens is you know that's all fun and and mm-hmm. great you know movie fanfare and stuff like that but the true heart of the movie is yeah. learning to understand your parents mm-hmm. like not your parents having to understand you which is what a lot of teen movies at the time you know were doing like mm-hmm. you know if you think about like say anything when he's told you know it's all about it's all about the father accepting Lloyd yeah. Dauber as like a, yeah. and, and and her daughter's decisions to date him and stuff mm-hmm. like it's all about the kids changing the parents but in this aspect in this movie going back in time and meeting your parents and seeing Mm -hmm. that they're not too different from you it causes a change in yourself and then you of course guiding their hands into the future as well so Mm -hmm. it's 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 extremely interesting and it's nice to think about and it's really it's really interesting if you all just sat here and thought about going back 30 years and meeting your parents and Mm -hmm. like when they were in high school, when you were in high school, yeah. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I still can't imagine. It'd be mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. I'd, would, be, I'd be just as awkward and neurotic and quirky as Michael J. Fox. The interesting McFly, thing really. about I mean, me and my dad is we look so similar. I could probably do like that Bugs Bunny thing where like we look at and <laughs> I just, I just pantomime <laughs> what he's doing and right, he thinks he's yeah. looking in a mirror. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I mean, but but that's that's the that's where the this mm-hmm. the heart of this movie is at. Yeah. Um, I think a, a big standout scene is obviously Marty, you know, meeting Doc at the at the Twin Pines Mall and everything, and hearing the entire breakdown of I the think, science and how all this I works. I do think that's one of the quintessential, most important parts. It is of the most important. The part. movie slash series is is that ten minute sequence because. The whole it sets scope up our of rules. the movie. It yeah, sets the up our whole rules, rules for, the for the whole franchise, right. the whole movie. And there's so many things intertwined within that. And and there's a lot of it shifts in tone almost. It becomes really <laughs> It never answers that. It never and I love yeah. that it never answers. This movie never yeah. answers how how they met, how him and Doc met, why they're mm-hmm. friends. Like, Which is ironic because they go back in time so much, but they never actually But they never go back into their time. Yeah, explain they never like go back how into they their history. Or, anything. or did they meet when he went Back that time. never really bothered me because I immediately bought, oh, no, it doesn't bother bought the relationship. I immediately I just, bought it. Yeah, it's something about so that. So that's yeah. the thing. You don't like in these first couple scenes, 
Marty's just a kid holding the camera. You don't really get yeah. like, did he hire him? Right. Like, what you don't really get a a big history between him and Doc, other than they're on a first name yeah. basis. It's not until two or three that you start getting this feeling of of more than just you know Doc and Marty mm-hmm. relationship, where it's it's true friendship. Yeah. And then you got to wonder: is their friendship based on their knowledge of each other from 1985, right? Or That's is it thing. based on the fact that? At this point, by the end of the third movie, they've literally spent 30 years with <laughs> yeah. each other. This is where the paradox comes in. That's where the paradox <laughs> comes in. Their closeness may not have been in existence in this yeah. movie. It's like they feel it almost. Right, right. It, um, it doesn't happen until the end of the movie when Doc, you know, reads the letter and yeah. and, and and does what Marty asks him to do. I mean, right. they clearly care about each other, but I, you know, I always wondered, like, would their relationship have remained the same if two mm. and three never happened? Like, True. would Marty have just grown up and Doc would have just been the crazy yeah. old man that he hung out with that, <laughs> right. you know, Jennifer tells stories to their kids mm-hmm. about? Or or is it really, you know, ha- has has this time travel always existed? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that's the paradox. And they right. get into that in the second one where, bit, yeah. where they talk about, like, if, if Marty never went back in time, then technically everything that is Marty never would have existed. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> it's it's fucking yeah. crazy. A lot to think about. So Back to the Future was just a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on your theory of time travel. And, uh, you know, that's a whole another thing. To right. Go into. But this movie supposes that we experience time in a linear right. fashion. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas modern uh, physicists believe that time does not happen linear, like in a linear fashion. Mm-hmm. We experience time in a linear fashion mm-hmm. however it doesn't actually occur in a linear fashion right. it's more like watchmen uh right, dr yeah. manhattan it's all happening at the, it's same, all happening time, at the same time right. but we experience it so we couldn't go back fashion. and visit an older version of ourselves right? we could sure we could we could it just th- there's just nothing that says that that is that that is the future or that is our past mm-hmm. we are immediately are creating another alternate oh, okay. timeline yeah. just by doing it yeah I don't know. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't looked into it in a while. But no I, one's I, really thought about well, it. Well, I was obsessed with it for a while. I would, you know, read stuff about it, like time travel, like whether it exists. I mean, there's well, there I is. Mean, yeah. There's tons. I mean, you can look up on on uh, YouTube. You can look it up on Google. You can look it up on you know wherever you. But there are apparently like recorded you know photographs of people traveling through oh, time. Well, yeah. There's the picture of the guy uh, back in the nineteen. I want to say it's the it's the early nineteen hundreds. He's yeah. wearing a graphic T-shirt. With like goggles on top of his head, and they're like, well, graphic T-shirts didn't Steampunk. exist, yeah, until X time, and yeah. those glasses wouldn't have existed. So, like, there's some people who believe but that time travel with does exist. It's like, uh... no, no, I mean that 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 they proved that that photo was authentic, mm-hmm. but what they what they couldn't prove was that that was actually a graphic T-shirt, mm-hmm. or that those goggles wouldn't have existed at that time. Right. I believe mm. uh, the picture was taken in Canada and they were talking about how those goggles are actually very <laughs> close to what people yeah. would wear if they were walking across a snow white right. tundra at a time. Yeah. So so it's fun to think about, but I mean, who, fun to think about. who really knows? <laughs> Impossible to prove. Yeah. Because exactly. they could be so good at covering their tracks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. As we learned through the movie, you know, even when Marty's like, I'm just out of time. And he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I got a time machine. I got a time machine. <laughs> so uh, I gotta say, like the terrorist part, right? When that came in, it's a little weird, the, right? In the movie, yeah. When you're young, I'll never it. forget when I was a kid. That scared the shit out of me and confused me, like, and it Doc- still is a little perplexing. All right, but so, it makes sense. So let's yeah. let's break this point. down because Doc is 
essentially kind of like a bit of a terrorist in some, oh, some way. No, he's, well, he's not a terrorist. He's a nutbag. I know. He's I know. nuts. He just, but yeah. some people might What I want to know is, <laughs> how did Doc get in contact with these terrorists before the invention of the internet? Did he wire them? Or I don't know. Yeah. No idea. Like, how did these guys, like, how do sleeper cells exist? How do you activate <laughs> them before, <laughs> before Look, the Doc internet? Doc was way ahead of his time, right? Doc was way ahead of his time. Uh, I believe War Games may have came out this I'm same sure year, so the internet may have existed. Yeah. Well, it existed, but it just wasn't, you know. He probably created the internet before Bill Gates did. <laughs> he just didn't tell anyone. He's got a time machine, so he can. Didn't even tell Marty about that. Uh, but no, the, the terrorists always did like kind of like creep me out. Well, so they, I was like, they gun him down, and you know, it just got so dark and violent yeah. out of nowhere. And it, but it, but it but, actually drew but it something. Like, what is Doc into? What is this shit that he's gotten in? You but know, it, but Marty's, when you really think about uh, it, he's especially into incest, as an which adult, is why he sent Marty back in time to fuck oh. his mother. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to watch. It does kind of make sense though. Like, how else would he be able to get away with? What? Well, yeah, exactly. Certain no, stuff, it makes sense because. Or whatever because where like even Jake, even if I ask you to get me plutonium right now at do this it. moment, do it now. You're gonna have to Google how to do it. Like you're gonna have to like Google where do I get plutonium from? Right. You're gonna have to go into the dark web to get it. Yeah. And then and then the you're gonna, gonna get flagged. And especially exactly. since I'm not. But this any is before the person, internet. I can't even cover my tracks. <laughs> but this FBI before. me knocking on this door in a second. <laughs> but know? this is a before the internet truly existed, and definitely before it was being monitored. So, mm-hmm. however, Doc, th- this was the only avenue Doc had for yeah. getting plutonium, short of stealing it from the United States government. He just now, let the, he just let the Libyans do that for him. Quick yeah. question: To enter the dark web. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to like Where write code to get into the dark web? Jay, I don't know. Or is yeah, it the simple no www.darkweb.com? <laughs> 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 like search. It's definitely I always was curious about that. Like, what is this dark web? Like, I don't, is, I don't know why we're going on this. this <laughs> I don't know why we're going on this tangent, but I'll allow it. You know what? You it's should Google it. I've always you wondered. Should Google it. <laughs> That's what you should do. I don't know why we're going on this tangent, but I'm going to allow it. Dave, this is part of the podcast. Why? This is. What Let's do you need from this. the dark web? I'm what is it that curious. you need? Some plutonium. I'm just curious. I'm it's just not curious. plutonium. What it's definitely it? sex related. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I just definitely curious, Dave. I'm only curious. I'm sure there's open and honest conversational forums that you can have peacefully in the dark web. I don't think so. Wait, so you just want to hang out. <laughs> that's what Reddit's for. Wait. And that's on the, that, that's on the light web. I know. Reddit, just wants Reddit to hang is out my dark, dark web. web. Like if I ever go to Reddit, which is not often, I know I feel like I'm scum. I'm, I feel like I'm being monitored if I'm on Reddit. Yeah. I feel like I'm doing something yeah, wrong. Yeah. You're, you're, no, four, you're, you're four clicks away from something that's going to wind you up on a CIA watch list. For I, sure. I know. For sure. <laughs> for sure. I got to get rid of iPhones. <laughs> I just got to go dark. So anyway, uh, get rid of all social media. Can we get back to this? <laughs> Marty, Marty is going. Marty goes through time, right? Like he, he gets it. He gets into. He gets into Delorean after Doc is gunned down by the Libyans. Just these, yeah, yeah. just the Libyans. That's just all we know Libyans about. Just, just the Libyans. A white the, guy in brown face <laughs> shoots Doc. <laughs> And then and Marty, shooting at Mar- uh, Marty, and, and Marty's Marty. trying yeah, to get yeah, away, yeah. trying to get by, and then he just jumps. But into even the- here, they set it up yep. in the script where he's just like, where Doc gets like really like he gets really you know into his own head, and they he's just like, me. I don't know how, but they found me. This all used to be Mister Peabody's farm. He had a crazy idea of mating <laughs> like two different types of pine trees together, and then like Marty goes through time and he winds yeah, up at the Peabody the farm. farm. Yeah. yeah, right away, yeah. Uh, and takes himself into Hill Valley and meets his father for the first time. And I, I, I do truly like this scene where he meets Mr. his dad Simon. for the first time. Yeah. Bring me a dream. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it really sets the scene there. 
And then he also meets his father's bully for the first time. So we're introduced Biff. to the big villain of the film, of Biff, and follows his father and finds out that his dad's a peeping Tom. <laughs> yeah. But even still, like, let's like let's not forget, like, the nuances. When he enters town, Michael J. Fox's acting is so nuanced with the the shock yeah. and the fear his, and the what the hell is going on of being in town in the 50s. And, it, and it's just, it's jarring. And you, you see it in the, in the acting, and it's just so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will get into the acting part well, it's, later on right. in the show. Because but it's part of the physical comedy of the movie movie where uh, there's nothing that is really said but you could tell that's not really particularly written like all right. those little things all those details no that's but all michael is, j fox but it is what zemeckis and Would bob want. gale wanted sure of course but because th- there was no outright jokes written and written in the script there's nothing that's truly funny you can lead the horse to water you can't teach him to drink shit. right that might have been improv, though. but that's but that's not even like a joke, really. It's yeah. it's all in how it's said. It's all in how no, it's delivered. Point. Good point. And 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 a lot of what Marty and Doc do that that adds levity to the film is all mm. in action and not yeah. so much word. Like it's true, no, it's you could point. technically reshoot this entire movie shot for shot and have people deliver it in completely yeah. different ways and come out with an extremely dark type mm. comedy. Mm. We're just like a drama. <laughs> We're just like a drama, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that, that's one of the beauties of the film is that it, it'd be it, easier to go dark in, with this movie when we yeah. when we talk about <laughs> this sure. movie. We talk about what a perfect script it is. I mean, I think a lot of people forget how perfectly portrayed yeah. it was. Like yeah. how yeah, how a huge right, part of it. how how Zemeckis kind of brought this performance out of them, and a lot of what you know Christopher Lloyd and Marty. And, and and Michael J. Fox brought to their roles. Yeah. Um, so he finds out that his dad's a peeping Tom, which is set up earlier on in the movie when, uh, you know, his wife asks him, when Lorraine asks him, when he's just like, what were you doing in that tree? What? What, Lorraine? <laughs> 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 he's just, uh, so, I mean, we don't even know what, what he was doing in that tree. And now we find out he's just, he's just a filthy he's peeping, peeping Tom. Tom. Uh, and of course, this is where the true crux of the story takes place now, because not only is Marty going to go to the past and he's going to meet the counterparts of his mother and father. He's going to take his father's place by getting hit by the car. He now takes his mother's place. He now takes his father's place by accident, by accident. And now becomes the infatuation of his, his cat in heat of a mother Whew. at the age she of 17. She's a spicy one. And she that is. is exactly how how Leah Thompson described her playing this character. When she came in to do her screen test, she decided that she was going to play this as a cat in heat. And that's how she wanted mm. to play the younger Lorraine. Comes across. Yeah. yeah. Very breathy, very mm-hmm. like, oh, isn't he a dream? <laughs> like, where she is. But it's a part. But she it's is also just like, sopping wet panties from the yeah. second she meets Marty <laughs> until the end of this Calvin movie. Klein. Yeah. She yeah. is she is just sliding off of every leather seat that it's she sits just on. It's so funny. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like of that era too. That like that that that, that time. Isn't he a dream? Like that's how Swooning. girls talk back then. I think. Well, right? I mean, <laughs> at least the movies. The, the movie <laughs> makes you believe that that's how they talked. Yeah. Uh, so so because of this, he then has to go on the mission to to correct his in, his yeah. father's his father's path, and he has to befriend his father to do that. Otherwise, he will not be born. Right, and he does it by becoming Darth Vader and yes. forcing his father through the power of of Van Halen. I believe yes to uh follow him and and ask lorraine out to the dance and of course beating biff up Mm -hmm. in in the mall standing up for himself standing up for himself causes his mother to 
fall in love with him even deeper yeah. now uh, for him to have to come up with a scheme <laughs> for his for his father to knock him out mm-hmm. at the dance so that he could wind up with his mother. Um, it's pretty crazy to think about like the through line that Marty had to go through in his mm-hmm. own head. Yeah. Think about this. <laughs> for you to exist, you're going to have to take your mom to the dance. Mm-hmm. And she, you're going to have to make her want you. Make her want you so much that you're going to have to fake rape her. Mm. Mm. That's Marty's thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Those are the thoughts in Marty's head. He's not comfortable with them. No. We should say that. No, he was... No. He is tortured by yeah. these thoughts. This is not a comfortable thing. <laughs> right. And then he gets raped by his own mother. <laughs> no. No, it's not that. It's that he goes there to to kind of get fresh with his mom, we'll yeah. say. I don't want to yeah. use the word rape because I don't think he was never going that far. <laughs> but he was going to get fresh with his mom only to find out that his mom was fucking rotten already. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and we get the we get the conversation in the beginning of the movie where she's like, you know, I never drank. I never I never sat in a car with a never boy a or never parked in a car with a boy. I never called a boy. I never asked out a boy. And he has this idea of, of the Virgin Mary pious mother in his own head mm. and then when he's in a car alone with her she's swigging <laughs> schnapps smoking cigarettes cleavage out right yeah. and he can't do it because she's game yeah <laughs> she's fucking she is game. down she's down mm. so much so that she jumps on him and kisses him and 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 luckily she's like Ugh, it's like kissing my brother and it's like well yeah because marty wasn't into it so he wasn't giving it back or anything yeah. like yeah. that. There's no chemistry there, right? But now, Not in that kind of way. <laughs> so, so while Marty was going to God. to have a a moment of sexual harassment towards his mm-hmm. mother, and his mother ended up sexually harassing him, we w- wind up with Biff being a true fucking sure. disgusting. Bully. You know, he. I mean, not not just a bully. He was full oh, yeah. on he, raping her. Yeah, I mean, he's his hands were up her skirt. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I it was not obviously there wasn't mm. you know he wasn't uh, he wasn't mean I've been ha- sex he, was he wasn't having sex. intercourse yeah but but he was certainly trying to penetrate there was, was some penetration uh, in right. other ways that was he was trying to do for right. sure yeah um right. which is still rape and it's it's one of those kind of things where like it, it was dark it was scary and you could see the fear in her face but what's funny it, and I say funny I don't mean funny but one of the things I find interesting is was 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 that scene as dark in 1985 as we look at it today mm. with our with our eyes today yeah i don't think it was that dark back then mm. you know i think it was kind of and, and maybe not played for the grins like like haha funny I, I just think it, it was just like it but is it was no it big is. deal I th- but, yeah i think it was, like i, I look think, at the scene in the car with biff and lorraine the same way I mean, like it's horrible but i don't think they're where we really see we see one of biff's it. cronies call a guy a spook later on sure. right where, where you're just like Oh, like by today's standards, I go, oh shit! Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, fuck. in reality, they were probably saying a lot worse back then. In but, reality, they were probably yeah. saying a lot worse. But for me, I was like, oh shit! I would never think right. of like saying that word to somebody ever, just in the privacy. Of but your, like the movie does it. But then, like when we watch it, just, just in the privacy. Just kidding. Look, if I want to call the whalers <laughs> a bunch of fags in the privacy of my own home, what's it to you? <laughs> Uh, a little bit of chasing Amy we'll humor cut all for this you. Out. No, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Because because I do think No, that, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation. I do think that time does come with context. Mm. When you watch something from 1985, you you don't watch it 
I mean, you are watching it as yourself in today. 1985 that is portraying an earlier time. Right. Which is even more complicated. So, right. I mean, I don't look at it. And, I mean, in my mind, I go, oh, shit. Like, this mm. is a PG movie, and they just yeah. use that word. But then I think about it, I'm like, well, it's 1985. They, yeah. I mean, Jaws was, Jaws was, Jaws was, Jaws was PG exactly in 1975. Yeah. So, I mean, was, I'm not going to I'm not gonna hold it against it. But yeah. when we watch these type of things today, we go, wow, that's dark. Wow, that's mm. that's that's Ris- risky. That's, risky. That's, that's, that's edgy. And it's like... But for 1985, yeah. this really wasn't. Yeah. This, re- this really wasn't. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, George, you know, winds up making the the I don't know the the miracle in the parking lot. Get and, your mm. damn hands off her. Sorry. Do y'all think I? Do you think I should swear? Damn it! George yes, George, swear. swear. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he knocks Biff out, and Marty, who was stuffed in the trunk by Biff earlier, gets released. But. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Marvin Berry cuts his hand. Cuts his hand. And needs a guitarist. So what are they going to do? Marty gets to live his dream yeah. that he had mm-hmm. in 1985 for playing the school dance and plays. However, for his still, parents. he needs his parents to fall in love. Mm-hmm. He does. He's looking at the picture. Right. They're slowly going away, so they're, faster, faster. away. and only uh, he's still there. So and his sister's still down the wire. It's still tension yeah. filled. Right. So Marty's there in the picture. That we've that he's pulled out, and that's kind of like what tells us how things are going on mm-hmm. in the future, how mm-hmm. things are going. Marty's still there, and his sister's muffin top are still there. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and he, so he has to get his father to to kiss, and the mu- the dance has to go on because that's the first time they kiss. Because that's yep. when they fall in love. Yep. And he plays Earth Angel while fading away as a guy who looks awfully a lot like the Shermanator from from American Pie. Like really does. <laughs> shows really up. does. Uh, and, and I love that last little like, okay, what is going on? Like, who is this guy? He just walked into like ruined everything. It's another Scram, weird. McFly. <laughs> But then, but then George McFly has the greatest shove I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, where he just knocks a guy down. It's it was a, it was almost akin to like a Bruce Lee one inch yeah, punch. It's a perfect kind of perfect shove. <laughs> the guy perfect motion. only Crispin Glover can do. And then yeah. he pulls her in and just fucking I mean, Crispin Glover is amazing. Kisses her. Yeah. And if you go on, if you watch old, you know David Letterman. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and Marty yeah. playing <laughs> playing the sour notes just yeah. as he's watching I mean, his this, hand fade away. Just I was trying bounces to back. Explain this earlier to Jay and Dave. This is like one of my top scenes in any movie ever. Like to me, this is one of the most cinematic scenes. It very much is. And it's Robert Zemeckis' least favorite in the movie because Mm. of, he thinks how, how they lost budget and how terrible. Mark, be specific. What do you mean? So the effect aside, you know, because the effects, you can't really judge it by that because, you know, obviously some things are going to be dated. You mean from the fading to the kiss to the the So I mean that entire sequence. So when he, so when he starts to play that song, Earth Angel. Sure. And, you know, and then he start. He's looking at the photo. He's fading away. So like all that drama, drama and sure, suspense yeah. of that part. And then you know the elation you feel with like the music swelling. And he did it. He yeah. He pushes the guy away. Grabs Lorraine and he plants that huge kiss on her. And he then, succeeded and in then, creating his own existence. And then I mean, right what what bigger uh, you know success could there be? Right. <laughs> what bigger achievement could you have than yeah, creating yeah. your own? Existence? Well, the movie allows yeah. you a moment um, to celebrate. Yeah. Because then, Marty creates rock and roll by playing then, <laughs> Chuck Berry's <laughs> right. And then famous but he, song. But even Johnny before that, just like yeah, just the way the music and everything comes together, the swelling of it. It's like it's a great moment. It's amazing. I, it's I actually amazing. I agree. I, mean, I will even say that I had at my wedding. I was very meticulous. The only thing I cared about was the music and one of the songs. You wanted Earth Angel. I wanted Earth Angel as one of the slow songs. And I said to the DJ, I said, 
I actually want the version from Back to the Future. And he, he's like, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and <laughs> That's a good that DJ motherfucker right played it too. It was great. So even uh, with the sour notes that were being played no. too, like, <laughs> bow, no, because bow. obviously it was different versions of that song, but this was the version from the soundtrack, which was awesome. So nice. Uh, nice. Yeah. So love that I, scene. I, I think it is a beautiful moment in the movie because it's the moment we've been waiting for. Yeah. It's, a, it's Marty's, it's Marty's mission since he's been hit by that car. Yeah. It is the completion of the second act. The yeah. second act is actually huge in this movie. If you think about the first act, mm. the first act ends when Marty jumps through time. And the third act yeah. doesn't begin until that last half hour. Until this moment right here when Marty has completed the arc and mm. gotten his parents back together. Not knowing that he's changed history at right. this point, but <laughs> and then he does play Chuck Berry, which is an amazing part. A little mm. capper on the scene, you know, which is which, which is, is so nice. Yeah. And and we'll talk about this. I mean, I guess I can get into it now. I don't. I mm. can't save everything for yeah. the because this movie has so much. <laughs> but that goes into how Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis wrote this movie. Mm. Is that all the writers involved wrote things down? They they, they called it um, post-it note writing. Everyone wrote down ideas that they had. And they put it on the board and they drew a line like Doc Brown does in the second movie. And they're like, all right, so this, this, this. And some of the things that were written down was Marty invents skateboarding, which happens outside of the of the malt shop mm-hmm. after he punches Biff. Mm-hmm. And then it was like Marty invents rock and roll. That happens here when he plays Chuck Berry mm-hmm. before Chuck Berry actually wrote this song. So like there's there's little things that they add in there where they're like Marty does and and they it's then your cousin. Hey Chuck, it's your cousin, <laughs> Marvin Berry. Marvin Barry, you know that new sound you've been looking for? Well listen, well, listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> uh so but like they they that's the way they wrote. They put this stuff out there and then they kind of started writing the movie around it. And then they're like, "Well, how do we get Marty to this point?" Okay. Well, if we did that, <laughs> then how do we bring what yeah. Marty did to get here back to here? It's probably in like the a end? jigsaw puzzle, to put, you know, putting all the it pieces together. It absolutely was. And that's the way to so describe cool. it. Yeah. They they describe it as like with post-it notes all Everything put fits. in a way and mm-hmm. then they spend time taking all the post-it notes and putting them into a line and just going, that's our outline. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how we do it. That's how everything winds up fitting so perfectly together, like mm-hmm. a jigsaw puzzle, because we took time to come up with the ideas that we wanted to put yeah. into the film mm-hmm. and then wrote connective tissue. And then we didn't allow the connective tissue to just be that. Yeah. We then used it to connect mm-hmm. things later on right. down the line as no well. Wasted space, like no wasted space. No wasted space. So, I mean, that's why this winds up being such an important moment for right. you, Mark, is because they set it up to be this right. uh, this amazing yeah, I mean, moment for you. Story-wise, but also just like filmmaking-wise, I think it's like, you know, like I feel like you feel all the emotions they want you to feel in that moment, you know, in that scene. And hey, if one so, of your kids accidentally sets <laughs> fire to fire. the carpet when they're eight years old, Go easy on him, okay? (laughs) Just a nice, you know, after after everything that's been going on in the movie, it's like, all right, you get to breathe a little bit. It's just like very. And I love that moment because there's that that one thing we all did as a kid that's like super memorable. Think about it. Oh sure, yeah. no, like I, mine I, happened when I was in my the late first teens, time I got caught with cigarettes. I, I remember. Uh, right, I wrapped my dad's truck around a pole. Oh. 
but like not like while driving while backing out the of fear. like a beach house no mm. while backing out of a beach house i like i turned into a pole like extremely slowly and then kept backing up and i and i left like a six thousand dollar dent in the Ooh. side of his truck so uh but that that's yeah. the one thing so like if i went back in time yeah. and met my dad and be like hey when your son's 17, <laughs> if he accidentally backs your truck into a pole yeah. at a beach house at Myrtle Beach, go easy on him, okay? Yeah. No, no, I feel like your dad wouldn't go easy on you. My dad did go easy on me oh, for he that. Did? To wow. be honest with you, my dad went pretty uh, easy okay. on me. He, uh, But he was on vacation, and he had Jack Daniels <laughs> with him. So <laughs> that's why he went okay. easy on me. Uh, but, I mean, uh, you talk about earth angel as like your favorite part mm-hmm. uh the end here is is my mm-hmm. favorite part oh it's great yeah. i love this mm-hmm. i love the editing that went into this because so watching this as a kid watching this even several years ago i wouldn't say i watched the entire stuff that happens with the clock tower and, and went god what beautiful editing however mm-hmm. watching it now having to edit things mm-hmm. and and having to edit video and just watching movies you yeah. know over time you know you realize the magic of editing. What they did with this, yeah. like, and watch also watching the documentary about the, mm-hmm. the making of it and the editors talking about it. And they were like, it took us eight weeks. <laughs> like, it took us eight weeks yeah. to edit this last part. Only then to realize we kind of are missing some key shit. Also, we got to get everyone back and we got to do it also for this shot, that shot, that mm-hmm. shot. We got to do voiceover and yeah, stuff like reshoots that. Reshoots for this. Reshoots yeah, for yeah, this, okay. yeah. But I mean, it was. That's why every movie is a celebration. It's absolutely it's nuts. Hard. But yeah. I mean, like, this like the entire third act is just building to a crescendo. Like now he's got to get back. Right. But, and we know that it's building to a, to a crescendo. Cause we know that ultimately doc is going to die, but Marty has written on the letter and yeah. then we watch doc tear it up mm-hmm. and then Mar, but Marty's on a, like they, they added a time table to the third act where they're like, no, we know that the, that the clock is struck at mm-hmm. this time. Yeah. And right. you have to get it done it's, at this time. You don't do have time, time yeah. to right. correct everything. Yeah. You just got to do it until Marty realizes, of course, he has a time machine <laughs> right. and he can go back in time and he can correct everything if he wants to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's going to send himself back in time. Uh, I believe it's 20 minutes or something 18 like minutes that, yeah. or something like that. Just enough time for him to get from where he where he'll mm. appear to Twin Pines to save Doc and mm. ending the movie on a on a great note but it doesn't go that way no. every every aspect of their plan falls apart and yeah. each one of them have to take steps to correct it mm-hmm. the the delorean doesn't start up and marty mm. has to knock his head against a movie trope get it started <laughs> Doc uh, unplugs it. You know the the tree falls on it. Unplugs oh, he has it. All at the kinds top. of issues. Doc has to go up top. Yeah. Plug it back in. Slide down with the remaining coil. You know, take the tree trunk off. Yeah. Plug it back Run in. Over. It's just si- at you the simultaneously <laughs> second as he gets electrocuted yeah. by right. the lightning bolt, which yeah. is awesome because it gives you this great special effect oh, of great. Doc yeah. plugging it in, <laughs> like not plugging it, connect, yeah, yeah, basically connecting, yeah. he's connecting the circuit mm-hmm. before it's even plugged in. Yeah. He is the circuit. Right. And then he plugs Just it in. Just in the nick of time. Right. Which kind of explains why Doc's hair will <laughs> yeah. always be kind of right. like, because like, but if he never did that, the hmm, power see, of time. Is, yeah. Pastor, if you never did that, how yeah. would it do? Because it's always happened. Yeah. It's always happened this way. Wow. It's nuts, and then of course this movie's great. Marty goes, <laughs> Marty goes back in time, yeah. and uh, 
He gets ho- he gets home, finds out that stuff's changed. Biff is the yeah. auto detailer who's detailing his parents' car. His parents did a total one eighty. His, his parents' life. <laughs> his parents are now rich yeah. and successful. Successful. His dad's a sci fi writer. Right. Mom yeah. is mom is happy. Dad is happy. They're not living in yeah. their fantasies anymore. Uh, you know where mom was living in the past. Dad was living vicariously through fucking <laughs> the <honeymooners>. TV. <laughs> the honeymooners. <laughs> Which surprisingly, he doesn't abuse his wife more watching the honeymooners. <laughs> Dada moon, pow right in the kisser. <laughs> anyway, and Marty winds up, you know, getting the truck that he's always dreamed mm-hmm. about from the beginning of the movie, yeah. uh, taking truck. Jennifer to the lake. His mom being accepting of him being a promiscuous young teenager because she's accepted that she being understand. a promiscuous young teenager <laughs> led her to the life that she's had. Yeah. Uh, everyone's just just elated and happy. Until Doc returns uh, and tells him from the future, something's got to be done about your kids, Marty. Mm. He went thirty years into the future, which is a nice round number yeah. according to the movie, and something's got to be done about his kids. What did they become assholes or something? <laughs> <laughs> and if you watch the Family Guy version, is that no? His daughter marries a black man, and <laughs> him and Jennifer are okay with that. And Doc's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, me too. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Or if you watch uh, the airplane version or the TV version, do his kids become some sort of jerks or something? But in this version, his kids become some sort of assholes yeah. or something. And him and Jennifer no, have it's, it's, it's do we become assholes? Do we become yeah. assholes no, or something? No, it's your right. kids. It's your kids' bodies. They're the assholes. No. Something's going to be done about your kids. Yeah. And they jump into the car and they roads fly. where we're going. We don't, don't need, need roads. roads. And Shh. the DeLorean takes off and they fly and... If you're watching the home video release of the movie, it says to be continued. If you watch the theatrical release, it says nothing. It just ends with the Huey Lewis and the News song back in time. And yeah, uh, flying right to us, bringing it right to the screen. And uh, now boom, I owned this movie credits. on DVD, and it always said to be continued at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it said on every VHS release. Since then, because they had greenlit the sequel by the time the VHS had come out. Recently, just bought it on 4K, uh, and it is the considered the VHS release of the 4K. So they basically released it in a VHS case, but the first one is released in its theatrical th- in its theatrical cut format. And there's no to be continued at the end. So when I just rewatched this, there was no to be continued Is at the end the of only this for me. Difference between the that's th- really the only difference <laughs> between <laughs> theatrical cut and uh, home video release yeah. is that there's a to be continued at the end of the movie. Yeah, because well, we're gonna get into. I it, sure, just but. bought the trilogy on digital oh, right now. There you go. Yeah. There you well, go. you have to tell me whether yours twenty five bucks. Whether yours has to be continued. Mine was twenty five. My four K, all three of them together, was yeah. twenty five bucks as well. But I like the case. You'll see it in the picture yeah, of, cool uh, of our cocktail that we did. It fooled me. I thought it was the actual VHS. VHS yeah. The clamshell VHS. No, um, no, no. It's a, it's a Blu-ray release with all three of them in it. Yeah. But, I mean, it, the movie ends so perfectly, right? Mm. Because uh, an adventure like this can't just end, right? right? I mean, but It's if, almost like an old serial. Where it's if like, we like, never- Tune in next week. Right. Know? If we never got a two and three, right. who cares? Right. It, it wouldn't even matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. It would still be- yeah, are one of our favorite movies ever. And it would still be time. this movie, even if it of ended course. with "to be continued." It would somehow make sense in a weird way. Yeah, it because it would, it. Yeah. it would be a serial. Because right. it would be a serial, just like Star Wars was like before the adventure continued. Indiana Jones and yeah. stuff like that. Right. I mean, right. like, but of course, I mean, they're even doing that today at the end of all Marvel credits. Oh, yeah. You know, where they're oh, just like sure. Iron Man will return in yeah. Avengers yep. Endgame. Oh yeah, that, that's so, come back in a big way. Yeah, I mean, so like teasing people that there may be more to come someday. You know, I mean, but. 
maybe there's not. Right. Uh, who cares? And when they, you know, f- when they f- made the movie originally and filmed that scene, I'm sure they weren't even envisioning having a sequel. <laughs> they were just trying to get through this one. So, uh, well, a little tease. Yeah. You just tease just how teased how we'll start yes. our third segment. So let's get over there and let's get into it. How about a ride, Mister? Jennifer. Oh, you a sight for sore eyes. Let me look at you. Marty, you're acting like you haven't seen me in a week. I haven't. You okay? Is everything all right? Oh, yeah. Everything is great. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? What, do we become assholes or something? No, 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 Marty. Both you and Jennifer turn out fine. It's your kids, Marty. Something has got to be done about your kids. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going, we don't need roads. So, Mark, just to jump off what you were saying at the end of the last segment, you were talking about how, like, no hint of a sequel or anything like that. And Robert Zemeckis said, well, of course we didn't think of a sequel. If I had actually thought that there was going to be a sequel made, I never would have put Jennifer in the fucking DeLorean. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you think about the sequels, they literally had to spend the next two movies writing Jennifer out of it Mm -hmm. so that they didn't disrupt the dynamic between Marnie and Doc by adding a third person to it. So they had to write Jennifer out of the next two movies because... Because the studio decided after home video release that uh, that they were going to be doing a sequel and everyone was on board, so they were except for the actress playing ex- right playing her except for the actress playing her. <laughs> do we, That's do different. We know what happened? There? Yes, uh, her mother had cancer, and oh. when they came back, she was busy taking care of her mother oh, and just did okay. not have the opportunity That's to get away to do it. Um, okay. uh, Crispin wow. Glover, however, ended yes. his time. That's a whole other story. Crispin Glover did not return for two and three because he ended his time with Back to the Future on kind of a sour note. First oh. off, uh, he wanted more money while during production and stuff like he that. He went off his meds, too, yeah. I think. No. He went off his meds, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but there was a lot of reasons why he was not why why he wasn't working out. First off, Zemeckis didn't even like him on the set. He didn't like the over-the-top nature that he was bringing to George McFly, and he wanted to kind of like curtail it. But Michael J. Fox kind of stood up for him and said like no no I've worked with this guy before like if if he's doing it it's all for a reason it's going somewhere and I think George McFly is played perfectly oh, yeah. I think that's that's a great way to play George yeah. McFly but Zemeckis wasn't in agreement he thought it was too animated he I thought it was see, too like, spastic the, yeah at the time like when you're filming it maybe he could right. be one of those method guys that was doing that 100%, like, 100% is. all the time but also he kind of left on a sour note because the end of the movie he kind of felt like the entire moral of the story is to be happy 
you got to be rich, mm. which isn't exactly what the moral of the story no, is. The moral of the story, bit, yeah. yeah, the moral of the story can misperceive that, yeah. right? And obviously, the moral of the story is, did, or maybe he was upset that maybe other people could mis- misperceive that. Have and, confidence and, and, and in yourself and and have exactly. a positive attitude, yeah. and positive things will yeah. happen for you. Uh-huh. That is kind of the moral of the story because George learned to be. To, to stand up for himself and have confidence in himself and be positive and positive things happen I th- for him. I think that's 100% parent because, okay, yeah, at the very end you see the nice sheen of the outcome of it all. It's not like but you're living really in a mansion or anything. the whole movie yeah. is about building George's, uh, you know, his, right. his self-esteem up mm-hmm. and his confidence. Yeah, I mean, they're happier people. Right. But ultimately, Crispin Glover does not return for, for the sequels, mm-hmm. mainly because he wanted more money. I mean, that's what it comes down to so in the was, studio. Is, uh, well, and they're going to be hiding him. It, but there's right. a big lawsuit because they replaced him in the, in the second one with a body double and... Right. All this stuff. So we won't get into uh, that right now. But yeah, we're not going to get. But it th- goes on from there. That's yeah. more of a movie cocktail for <laughs> Back to the Future too. Right. Not this one. But he's, but uh, but he's not in it. Um, yeah. You know, we talked about in the beginning about how the movie came together, about Bob Gale looking through his father's yearbook and stuff and deciding, like, that's that's the way to do the movie. So a little bit of history on the movie itself before we get into where the movie was going to go before we got the movie we got. Uh, first off, the movie was, was written long before it was actually made, but they were actually told no so many times by every studio in Hollywood that they were making it because at the time that they were, that they were shipping it to people – the time that they were going out there and selling it teen comedies were not the hot thing and if they were they were raunchy teen comedies they were teen comedies like porkies and revenge of the nerds and that was the type of teen comedies that were being sold out there at the time it wasn't like back to the future it didn't have any heart in the center of it while i love you know revenge of the nerds and i love porkies there is no heart at the center of it like there is for back to the future that makes it such a perfect movie that it is uh they even took it to disney and disney said are you kidding me everyone everyone else is telling them that they are too that that they're not raunchy enough and disney says you got a you got fucking incest in this movie we can't put we can't put this in the house of mouse get out of here mom's a slut get out of here you fucking sick son of a bitch before i have the mouse fucking slap you you piece of shit uh, so then Robert Zemeckis decided that he had made several movies with uh, with Steven Spielberg as a producer, one of them being Used Cars. And while they were critically well-received, they were not box office uh, successes. And that he believed that that was why most studios were saying no to him. So he decided he was going to take the next decent script that came across his desk and he was going to direct it. Uh, just to make money and just to kind of keep the idea of Back to the Future alive. Mm -hmm. That script wound up being Romancing the Stone, Mm -hmm. which kind of is a little bit derivative of Indiana Jones, a Steven Spielberg movie. But he made that movie without Steven Spielberg, and that movie wound up being a massive success. So now he came back, and when studios were saying yes, they said, who do you want to produce it? He said the only person who ever believed in the Back to the Future project since it was pitched to them, Steven Spielberg. So Steven Spielberg actually could have been cut out of this altogether but because robert zemeckis and bob gale respected spielberg enough and were brought up in his school and his camp and stuff like that uh they went out made this movie without him and came back and made it with him because he's the one that only ever believed in oh. its potential another interesting thing is he meant alan Silvestri. Uh, while making Romancing the Stone, which is why we wind up getting the mm. fantastic score that we get. Mm-hmm. We could talk about the script all we want in this movie, but Alan Silvestri's score 
Huge part of the movie. Massive genius part of the movie. When you think Love of the movie, it. that's probably what you think of first. Well, that and the DeLorean, maybe, but yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's I up think there. I think the I think the song more than anything. Mm. Back in time I, or or no, like, the score, the score, like the I'm score, yeah. the score. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that I think the score, score is, is even so more and than the DeLorean. It's it's amazing <laughs> to think that at, at other points they that they thought about just doing a straight rock and roll score mm. where they where they took popular rock music at the mm. time and scored and you scored would. that under it. But they got a little bit of that. But of course, Robert Zemeckis felt that that did not fit kind of like the tone that they yeah. were trying to sell, but they kind of got their cake and ate it too yeah, with Huey Lewis in the News, writing yeah. two original songs for it and getting the, the Chuck Berry song as well. Mm-hmm. But um, then they talked about doing synth music on top mm. of that. But again, the filmmakers... Because it was the 80s. And, right. You know. But the filmmakers felt he that... that's for tone. He knows what he wants yeah. in his movies. Yeah. But the he, filmmakers he really felt that that doesn't yeah. fit in the 1950s mm-hmm. sentiment, which is exactly where this film is kind of taking place, more sure. so than 1985. Absolutely. So they settled on Alan Savannah Mm. timeless score which i think mm. is absolutely timeless yeah. uh, and works so well here and it's absolutely perfect mm-hmm. uh the film itself was not what it what it wound up being i mean a lot of people will know that first off the delorean was not the original time machine a refrigerator actually was it wound up getting scrapped <laughs> because they they did not want kids jumping inside of refrigerators, <laughs> getting stuck in them and dying as a result of Probably watching this call. movie. Yeah. Right, especially back then, those fridges would also not open. <laughs> the the script originally had an ending at a nuclear test site hmm. with said refrigerator and a nuclear explosion, thus giving you what movie? Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Dave's favorite, favorite part. Yeah, yeah right. And it, no, my favorite shot is when <laughs> shot. he gets out and he's standing in front of the mushroom cloud. Yeah. it's got nothing to do that with the refrigerator. Cool. That it's nothing to do with the refrigerator. Okay. Just Indiana Jones in front of Mushroom Cloud. Gotcha. That's it. <laughs> refrigerator, out of frame. Forget it. Mushroom Cloud. Indiana. Done. That's it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, then when they decided to go with a vehicle like the DeLorean, uh, they... It still had the nuclear test site in the end of it, but Universal told them that they, they budgeted it out through doing storyboards, and they figured out it would cost $1 million, and Universal said, no, nah, not in the budget. Guess what? You wasted a lot of your money in the budget because you hired Eric Stoltz uh, to, to be Marty McFly, and then you fired George Stoltz, but three million dollars later, right, right, right. So and and they fired uh, him. They, they fired After him. He filmed what eight now, weeks? five be, weeks. Let's be five clear. Weeks. Michael J. Fox was apparently first the choice. First choice. He was and because of his scheduling conflict. Oh, right. He could not do it. He was one hundred percent the firing the first because of not just creative differences, but he you know Eric was just not the right fit, and I think it was a mixture between <clears throat> Robert thinking that way, so, but also the execution of so here's what happened. The role there was. Michael and there's J- clips. Go on YouTube and tons check it out. Tons of them. Michael J. Fox was the first choice. Mm-hmm. Because of family ties, and he was in the middle of doing Teen Wolf at the time that they approached him, it was a big, nah, not going to happen. So then they wind up coming up with a bunch of other people. C. Thomas Howell was one of them. Um, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp was another one. Uh, there were some rumors about Robert Downey Jr., a- Anthony Michael Hall. Like Tons of names yeah. were being thrown out there to All play. All the fresh 80s fly. kids. Uh, Eric, Stoltz, Eric Stoltz went for it, and Sid Heinberg said, that's the guy. Sid Heinberg, the big, the big head of the studio of Universal at the time, said, "That's the guy. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, if you can't get the guy you want, that's the guy you're going to take." So uh, Robert Zemeckis was so you know trepidatious about him at the time that Sid Heinberg said, "You know what? If the kid doesn't work out and you don't like it, you have my permission to fire him at any time." And they did. Hmm. Five weeks into shooting, wow. and they fired him. 
Not because he was a bad actor. It's because the vision that Zemeckis had in his head for this type of physical comedy and physical acting, mm-hmm. Eric Stoltz wasn't doing. Yeah. Eric Stoltz was very much a, a method actor. Where Michael Christopher J. Fox, Glovin, uh, Christopher Glover also is. Right. So he obviously doesn't <clears throat> like method actors. But, uh, <laughs> but, but you could tell. Right, I but mean, Michael J. Fox. has the same physicality or nuance. Right. Michael J. Fox is a, is a reactionary yeah, actor. Much more right. in the moment. Right, he he. Yeah. Reacts to everything that's going on around him, which winds up adding to the levity of the film yeah. and bringing most of the comedy that we mm-hmm. see in the film, which is physical earlier, and yeah. reactionary, and it winds up being perfect. Unfortunately yeah. for Michael J. Fox, to make this movie, they had to make Family Ties a priority. So he spent most of his time filming from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., doing Family Ties, jumping in a car, and then filming from about 7 p.m. to about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning Ooh. for Back to the Future sleeping for several hours and then going right back to set for um uh, hence why he looked so anxious right. and stressed out all but the time. when when <laughs> asked about this experience he said what the like uh and it, when this is when he was young he goes you know i'm 22 years old what the fuck do i need sleep for <laughs> like right like what do i need sleep for mm-hmm. uh some of the other things that were different not only did they not get the, their nuclear test site with the delorean and stuff that got cut because they went over budget because of eric stoltz they wind up doing the which i think is the best sequence in the movie the clock tower mm-hmm. scene which they wind up now having to write the clock tower in throughout the entire movie oh, which winds up being uh, right oh, okay. which winds up now being a through thread through oh, the entire series okay, okay. So it's 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 kind of interesting. Could you imagine switching out the clock tower for a nuclear testing site? No, honestly. right, exactly. Honestly, like yeah. it's 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 extremely interesting to mm-hmm. to think that like something that's so iconic to the film almost didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Only because of budgetary reasons. Because of Eric Stoltz. Because of Eric Stoltz. <laughs> uh, yeah, and. There's a ton of different reasons why this movie was, you know, wind up being the way it was. Now, uh, there's very few special effects shots in the movie. This is mind right. jarring right. because when you really think about it, I think it was about six is what they wind up saying. There's only a few that I can think of offhand. The DeLorean jumping through with the electricity going through it. Sure. Uh, one moment when fire is going through between their legs. That's that that that's a little bit of computer. The hand, the hand fading away. The hand, the hand fading being away. invisible, but also the very end shot when it's obviously flying. Right. flying. Everything else. Everything, everything else. else. I Practical. guess. Oh, it's baffling. It's practical. amazing. The amazing. hardest scene for them to do with practical effects was the very first scene, going in and getting yeah. and getting. I th- I believe they said it was over two hundred clocks or whatever it was in perfect synchronicity. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I feel like we talked about a reboot earlier. I feel like if they remade this movie now, it would be overloaded with special effects. It's so easy like to do they, it. I feel like they'd be going back to prehistoric times. There'd be dinosaurs. So easy to do. In it. a second, that would happen. You know, and I just I feel like this movie it would make a two hundred million dollar. This movie, even though it's so shit. over the top and so yeah. you know, like kind of like crazy thematically, it's it's kind of like a small movie. It's just about really, it's about Marty, Doc, and his parents, and that's it. Yeah, and you don't really need anything else. You know, so I don't, don't know. We will see what uh, ends up happening. But uh, one of the things they they were originally looking, ILM was working on. Maybe A24 needs to make it. No. Uh, ILM was working on different ways to show the travel through time. And they were like, oh, well, this is what they did in 2001. All these colors and stuff like that. And they're like, fuck it. Let's save budget. There's a flash. It's instantaneous (laughs) for the person traveling through time. For Marty, it's instantaneous. Instead of showing the DeLorean going through time from Mm -hmm. the outside and this big wormhole and stuff like that, shoot it from the inside. Show Marty's point of view. Yeah. 
and it's instantaneous. Which is, and I love that. Which it's is perfect. how you would imagine it would be, right? Exactly. I mean, you know. So. Uh, when now they did wind up settling from refrigerator to to other devices. Ones, uh, some of them were very similar to Ant Man's um, quantum quantum uh, tunnel that they were going through. Some of them were like that. When they finally eventually settled on a car and they chose the DeLorean, Universal's marketing department came to to Bob Gale and and Bob Zemeckis specifically Bob Gale and said Ford is willing to pay oodles of money. I I forget what the exact number was, but they were willing to pay big bucks for the DeLorean to change from a DeLorean to a Ford Mustang. So it was originally a DeLorean. They wanted to change it. Right. Okay. I believe so. Because Ford would pay more money. And Bob Gale looked at the marketing department or the producer who brought this to him and went, Doc Brown doesn't drive a fucking Mustang. <laughs> and that quote became so infamous that at a, a DeLorean convention where they pay a lot of homage to mm-hmm. to uh, Back to the Future, that immediately became meme-worthy and t-shirt-worthy and people oh, yeah. were passing that out everywhere and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I got that from the documentary. Uh, I believe it's called Back in Time. It's currently streaming on Hulu. I encourage everyone of you to watch it because it's not just about the making of the film that's peppered in there, but it's really about the fan of the film and how big of a fandom it has and uh, my favorite part is Adam F. Goldberg who is the producer and main writer and executive producer of the Goldbergs mm. which takes place in Philadelphia uh, he talks about his mom actually saw that movie before him and his mom is he calls her a smother it, she's a Jewish mother who <laughs> smothers him uh, so when she came home from seeing the movie she goes oh Adam honey I just saw the best movie it's called Back to the Future and it's about a boy who falls in love with his mother <laughs> which is not what the movie's about (laughs) at all but that's what his mother took away from it Uh, but this is a it's it's adorable it's actually a really good documentary uh and and i encourage everyone to check it out back to the future was almost not its name even though it was the title of the film when they first wrote it believe when dave told me (laughs) but Sid Sheinberg insisted that future not be in the title. He believed that future implied that it was a time travel movies and other time travel movies like Terry Gillum's time bandits and stuff like that. It is a time travel. Right. Have done poorly in the past. He didn't want anyone to know that it's a time travel movie when they went into it, at least not with the title. So uh, he decided that to name the title after the comic book that shows up in the film, Spacemen from Pluto. And, they didn't really know what to do because Sid Sheinberg, he is, he's the head honcho. He's the mm. big guy at the studio. And Zemeckis and Gale kind of fought for this movie for so long. They didn't want to step on too many toes, but they knew one thing. Like you can't call it that. They knew that you couldn't call it Spacemen from Mars oh and that Back to the Future was the right title. So they went to Steven Spielberg and they said, Steve, what do we do? We got this memo from Sid Sheinberg to change the title from from Back to the Future to Spacemen from Mars. And, and, Steven Spielberg's like, I, I don't really know what to do. He didn't know what to do. So what he did was instead of confronting Sid Sheinberg about it, he sent him back a memo that said, <laughs> that, that's great. You know, we're all really stressed out down here. And that was just the perfect thing to break the tension before we started shooting for the day. What a great laugh. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, and Sid never mentioned it again. 
Wow. <laughs> and I think that's... See, that's the power of producers, everybody. Yeah. If you wondered what producers do, that's what they do. <laughs> yeah. I thought Dave was joking when he told me that. No, I, no. I that is that is 100... That's the kind of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, that is 100% something that, takes, that yeah. happened that in works. the film. And I think I think that's hilarious. And I think... That is great. I think that it, you know, it perfectly sums up that while this movie winds up being something that is so perfect on on film it took a lot to get us here mm. right like this it happened overnight <laughs> right at every step of the way this film almost didn't happen in the way that zemeckis wanted it to but somehow almost serendipitously almost like there is a higher power at work decided that this is the movie that needs to be made and they wind up getting almost everything they want in the movie in the way they want it and even when they didn't get what they wanted a nuclear testing site it winds up birthing mm. an even better third yeah. act out of necessity and they wind up making something that's even better than mm -hmm. what it could have been mm -hmm. and i find that in a way i kind of find that extremely yeah. inspiring you know mm -hmm. uh, also christopher lloyd didn't want to do the movie he actually wanted to return to stage acting at the mm. time. And he actually had a friend who said, you know, it's the road that we never travel, that we never know, like where it leads and stuff like that. And it would wound up being like the perfect thing to say to him at the mm. time. And he's like, you know what? I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it. You only regret things you haven't done. Yeah, that I think that right. that, that was right. the exact. You only regret things you haven't done. So he wound yeah. up doing it. And wound up being, it wound up being the movie that that. Quote, that yeah. It's not that it launched his career. He already had a career, but it really solidified him, and well, it got him his next. Think career. about it. What, do you, can yeah. you think of him in any other role? I right. mean, maybe you can, but like most people cannot. Right. But it got him his next big role as Judge Doom in Robert yeah. Zemeckis's another great Who one. Framed Roger another Rabbit. Another perfect one, I would argue. Is Another one yeah. we need to do a movie cocktail yeah, definitely. for eventually. At some point. Cause, um, if me and Dave have too many insights. It was, wait, wait, right. Have we not? We have not done mm. Who Framed Roger Rabbit yet. No. But that is me and Mark's like ultimate inside joke. <laughs> that and Dick Tracy. That and Dick Tracy. <laughs> like, you touched on it in the beginning yeah. of the show. Like Dick Tracy and Roger Rabbit. Mm -hmm. Like I'm stopping myself from saying Roger quotes Rabbit right now. Yeah, we can't, we can't just sit here and quote it all night. But I mean, that's, that's I really me want Mark's to, thing. But yeah all right i think what we Why need to do this? i think what we need to do is we need to do a uh, a patreon movie cocktail for for who framed roger rabbit jay will be there but okay. he won't have much to say because it'll just be me and you riffing the whole time i mean jay you can show up if you want but me and dave i mean i do like that we movie, got it it's so. not needed yeah but look we could fact the shit out of back to the future to, to the end of the earth yeah and there's no <clears> point it's one of those movies that was made and it, and, it, and, it, and it hit so perfectly and people loved it so much that it's been documented and historian to hell. It's another great that, Hollywood story. It, it, it really is. And uh, of course, we do wind up getting two sequels and also a 90s cartoon and then ultimately a... I think there were dinosaurs in the cartoon, I believe. And then a video game by Telltale Games. Oh, there's which, a couple of video which games. Which is actually... Oh, the newer one, yeah. The newer one, okay. which I actually I actually like the story yeah. of. I think, I think that it is... A, it, it's a meaningful uh, continuation, mm -hmm. if not unneeded. It's an unneeded but meaningful continuation. So it is a continuation. Uh, of it is a okay. continuation, right? And then, of course, there is which no longer exists, and this makes me extremely sad because I absolutely loved it. The Universal Back to the Future ride uh, is no longer around. Um, that must be recent, it. right? Because it, it was uh, around... within the past ten years or oh, so. Okay. But uh, oh. it has gone on to become other mm. other things. They still pay homage to it. I believe it became the Simpsons ride, but they. Uh, 
oh, play, okay, yeah. they play homage to it by having Doc by having Christopher Lloyd playing a character very similar mm-hmm. to Doc Brown, who mm. sells his lab to the people uh, who wind up making gotcha. it. Uh, and because this movie Simpsons, holds so. up, yeah, it really does. People still have, yeah. But the ride was hard. built not too long after like the second, the second. and third film. Yeah. I mean, but maybe if, the if ride thought about sucked. it. It was. I don't know. I it didn't. No, it was fantastic. I mean, you you flew through the mouth of a T Rex. You shut your fucking mouth. It was amazing, Jay. I never went to Universal. It was awesome. And it was an awesome. I don't know why. I think it's because my parents were never movie people. Like you know, when we went to Disney twice, we never went to Universal. Mm-hmm. It was the only place we never went to. Oh, Universal. it's amazing. We went everywhere else except there. So go figure. Yeah. Well, if you went to SeaWorld, you're 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 part fucking. No, I did not go to SeaWorld. I did you're not evil. go to SeaWorld. Good. <laughs> I did. I mean, you did. I'm so. evil for it. Yeah. yeah. I know you're. <laughs> Tangentially evil. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to the end. Like I guess I think I think we've talked about it just as, as much as we're willing to in our in our format here. Um, believe me, there's tons of stuff to go into uh, about about Back to the Future. But one thing's for sure, we love it. The majority of people who see it love it, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be one of those movies that just goes on for eternity. It is inevitable. It'll always be there. It'll All always exist. Time. If you find somebody who doesn't like this movie, slap a bitch. Yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to. You can quote Jay. They're not your friend. Yeah. Definitely don't date them. You do not want to be a part of (laughs) that world or that bubble at all. It's just not worth it. Just remove them from your life immediately. uh, that that does it for our discussion on Back to the Future. We're going to get into our next category for the next movie cocktail. The next category is swords and sandals. So this is a wide range of movies that this could be. But looking at you first, Jay. Yes. Uh, since I went first last time, it's on you. What sword and sandal movie are you going to be putting up? Well, obviously, there, you, like you said, there is plenty to choose from. I am going to go with a very bold... 100% stylized and 100% masculine and fun fucking movie that changed the modern landscape of I'm going to assume uh, that this is this, movie. is this is Zack Snyder's Zack Snyder's 2007's 300 and his best movie probably yes. which we'll discuss so far. if it wins yeah which apparently did you know and this is probably a fact we should save for the end of that but did you know that apparently uh he was supposed to whisper that line this is Sparta and kick him down the hole and Gerard Butler just couldn't deliver that line for some reason he just didn't (laughs) doing it in that way just wasn't working so he just asked like can I try something different they went sure and he did the this is Sparta and he did his big Scottish accent and he kicked him down the hole god damn and like they they, everyone looked at him whisper there's no whispering in this movie and he and he turned (laughs) around and he's kind of movie and even people at the time like he thought like was that too much and like Zach uh, Scott Snyder is like yeah I, th- I think it might have been a little too much I'm not sure and when they watched back the dailies they went no that's the take this that's the, the one this is the, that's this the is one the tone that we want so yeah. uh, I think I think kind of like I'm mean, yeah maybe the tone of the movie was birthed from from that scene See? where they weren't they, they weren't exactly sure what they wanted See, yet. Zack Snyder's a happy accident yeah <laughs> So, just a happy accident, just like all of us, really. We're all just a broke condom, or or our dads didn't pull out quick enough. Or we enough. pushed our dad out of the way of a car, and then we had to, and then we had to <laughs> romance our mom to try. He's to get, a peeping tom. 
mom. You know. Just yeah, like, oh, all mom. of us have been two knuckles yeah. deep in our mom We've at some point, right? Back to the future makes you go there. You think about these things. All right. Mark, Mark, you're the next one. All right. Sword and Sandals. What's go with Conan the Barbarian? Oh, God. Conan? What year? What are you talking about? This is the Oni. This is the Oni. This is the early 80s. This is like the 1980 version. I thought Jason Momoa was Conan the Barbarian. What are you talking about, dude? Wasn't there a modern one like a few years ago? No one. There was, but no one cares about that one. I'm talking about Arnie here. This is his breakthrough role. Look, that's what I'm saying. You got to be specific. Who knows? Maybe Mark likes Jason. 1982. Nah. Was the John Milius. Just wanted to clarify for it's the It's actually audience. been a long time since I've seen it, and I would like to rewatch it's, it. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it, a good it, choice. it is an awesome it's a movie. It's, it's, a uh, it's also his. Arnie's I, dubbed over in this Arnie, movie? I believe, is dubbed over at times. It's also his first like American movie. It's his first. Besides Pumping Iron, which besides was Besides Pumping Iron, yeah. right. Look, it's it's the first yeah. it's the first film that so he it's, made. Uh, and it's a, I remember being, you know, cool movie. So. It's a very yeah. cool movie. It's Based a very on cool a, movie. You know, literary character and all that awesome stop motion animation as well yeah. also spawned fantastic comic books uh after oh, nice. it as well so right. cool. uh uh that brings it to me uh, i think i it's it falls to me as the duty <laughs> i said the duty. duty yeah <laughs> but it's my duty to pick 2000s ridley scott film mm. gladiator i think it to, falls to me to pick that one you had to go with ridley had to do it <sighs> you know someone had to do it there's someone a voice in the back of my head sometimes it drinks a lot of scotch and it smokes a cigar <laughs> and it goes if you don't pick my movie i swear to god i will rip your fucking testicles off and shove them down your fucking throat <sighs> <sighs> gladiator is the best sort and sandal movie that's been made since ben fucking her and that's that, that's ridley scott to me that's the way he talks yeah. in the back of my head that's, he kind of takes me over right. at times yeah. And, yeah yeah uh so it has to be gladiator mm-hmm. because I think. Are you not entertained? Right. It it is. That it, has a yelling line too. It is that movie. Like it it is this movie that like it transcends its These genre. These are all very masculine movies. Right. I mean, they're very you know. Right. But the sword and sandals genre, you know, it went from things like Ben Hur and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and which was a very masculine yeah. type movie and about brotherhood and stuff like that, and then it got into the Conan the Barbarian with yeah. a little bit of silliness and stuff, and it wasn't until camp. Ridley Scott kind of like mm-hmm. brought it back brought with back Gladiator and was just like. He really wanted yeah. to make a movie that was like the mm-hmm. sword and sandal movies that he grew up with mm-hmm. as a kid. And he obviously succeeded, won an Oscar for it, and all that good mm-hmm. shit. Joaquin so Joaquin is in there. Joaquin is hey, in speaking there. Speaking of incest, there's some. Speaking of incest, yeah, okay, it's, it's there. Got a theme going here. Just got a theme going. So <laughs> not a good theme, but a <laughs> great theme choices, guys. That's gonna do it for Super Movie Brothers this evening. Yes. Uh, you can vote for our next movie cocktail by. Following us on Twitter at SuperMoviePod. You can follow Jay over on the Facebooks. Yeah, Super Movie Bros Podcast on Facebook or Super Movie Bros on Instagram. Also, Twitter, uh, J underscore SMB. Jesus Christ. And Just, you, can, you can find Jay on the dark web. You can find Jay. <laughs> 
see if I chat in the dark yeah. web. Soon to be in the dark web. <laughs> still trying Give to figure it tips. out. He's he's Tell still me how to enter somewhere on there. You'll he's find only got me how to penetrate that dark web. <laughs> you'll, find <laughs> him, you'll find him on Reddit. <laughs> he's only gotten as far as www.darkweb.com. But <laughs> that was dot, dot org. Yeah, he yeah. needs a guiding hand to get him deeper into into the dark web. <laughs> like, don't if, go any further, Jay. Like, don't, if he's not if I he's not finding assassins, that this might bo- be my last episode <laughs> like, ever. Yeah. If Jay's not finding assassins that'll both gonna, take care of his mortal me soon. <laughs> if Jay's not finding assassins that'll both mortally wound an enemy of his and piss on him then he's not doing the dark web mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you can also if you're enjoying this podcast make sure that you go over to iTunes leave us a five star review or leave us a review on the podcast listening app of your choice and if you're really enjoying the show we have a Patreon so head over to patreon.com slash supermoviebros podcast and you can join our Patreon for just one dollar and get all the additional content that is over there including i guess the upcoming one where me and mark do roger rabbit why not so yep i think we'll go to mark's house and we'll do that one so mark where can everyone find you if they're interested in checking out more of the mark dickerson experience well you can find me at uh cult movie cult which is on itunes is also on uh you can we're on instagram and all the podcatchers all the you know wherever you find your podcasts and uh we're about to we finish a series we're about to start a new one up so we're excited are you willing to tease us what the next series is i know the last one was one hit wonders what's the next series that's coming up it's an interesting one it's it's called after the bomb and it's about uh a certain type of 50 sci-fi yes, movies exactly oh yes. i love you <laughs> it's gonna be 50 foot woman big, oh yeah oh, them yeah. the you know the huge giant radioactive the ants. blob mm. the blob yep that's in there oh my god awesome awesome yeah that's gonna be a good one so, so if you're into the 50 sci-fi or if you're into mst3k yeah even definitely check out uh, Cult Movie Cult. Mark's got his own podcast over there. Make sure you're checking it out. I want to thank all of you guys for listening. Make sure that you follow us on the social medias to also find recipes for this cocktail. Make the cocktail, man. Obviously, it takes us a long time to come up with these. Yeah, take Um, a photo and send it to us. I want to know people are doing them, man. I want to know that people are like are are down down with it. Yeah, otherwise, I mean, let's just not do this anymore. Who cares? What's it all for? What's it all for? (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers. Good sucker. I did it. I I made it through the entire episode without one Parkinson's joke. Suck an egg. Oh. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. Go suck an egg. Go, 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 go. Go suck an egg. his problem. A tune killed his brother. Dropped the piano on his head. A tune killed his brother. Dropped the piano on his head. A tune killed his brother. Dropped the piano on his head. A tune killed his brother. Dropped the piano on his head. Nice monkey suit. Boy's ass. What's his problem? Go suck an egg. Go suck an egg. Go suck an egg.